Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. His name is Vivek Iyani. He's 32 years old, and this is the second book that he's written on millennials. It's a new title just out called "Engaging Millennials: Seven Fundamentals to Recruit, Reward, and Retain the Largest Generation in the Workforce." Vivek, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Michelle. Now, why is it that we need to treat this generation any differently? When I was at work, you didn't see my boss say, "Oh, Michelle was born in this generation, and therefore needs to be treated differently from everywhere else." You know, bosses used to expect you to fit into the needs of the organization, not the other way around. So, why do we need to treat millennials differently? Yeah, so that's the biggest misconception, right? We think that everyone. Has to go through the same process because it's always been that way, right? But over the last few decades, we've seen technological changes, trends in that space. We've seen financial changes. We've even seen societal changes. So many changes have happened. So, in short, we see that there are a lot of options out there today, right? So millennials grew up with a different set of expectations. They grew up in a world of options. Today, they can become a YouTuber. They can uh, do tuition. They can drive Grab and have a full-time job. So, if you really want to recruit and retain these top talents, employers need to change and be focused on what really motivates and engages with the young generation, so that they don't have to replace them. Because if you have to replace them, you have to pay three times their monthly salary to just get a replacement. So, I think that's good enough motivation to focus on the millennials. This is your second book on millennials. What did you want to do differently in this book, Vivek? Yeah, so the first one is actually for millennials who are struggling with adulting. You know, once you graduate, you are like, oh no, what do I do with my life? I've done everything. I've ticked all the boxes that my parents have asked me to. You've done everything so, by the time you graduate. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, yeah, like you know, you you've done your CCAs, you've done your degrees or your diplomas, you've you've done all those things, and then now you have to go into the workforce, and you're like, okay, I've. I can do this. I can do that. I can do that. Where should I go? What should I do? And then some of them even go into the workforce, do the job that they, you know, their parents have also you know, insisted them to do. And then they're like,、mm, "This is not really what I thought my career would be like, or what my working life would be like." And then they look onto social media and they're like,、mm, "There's so many other things that I can do. My friends are doing so many other stuff. They are becoming a blogger or YouTuber. So all of these things make them wonder." Okay, am I going in the right direction? Am I directionally correct? So the first book is actually about how you can find that focus, that direction, and that discipline, so that you can adult properly. And this book is more of more written for the HR managers, the line managers, management on how you can actually engage with this young generation. So I like in the book how you differentiate between、um, millennials in in different countries according to the language of that country. You say in China, millennials are known as Ken Lao Zhu, which translates to the generation that eats the old. And in Japan, <laughs> millennials are termed Nagara Zoku, the ones who are always doing two things at once. By that def- definition, I am a millennial. I like to say.、Uh, but, <laughs> I like about this book is that you try to bring in the Asian culture as well. So, in the context of the Asian culture, where it's deemed to be more collectivist,、uh, how does that fit into this idea of、um, re- engaging with a millennial? 
Yeah, so you you know that you know in a collectivist society, it's all about what we do together, right? So in Thailand, for example, it's rude to disagree with your manager or boss, right? In public, in a meeting, right? It's rude. It's just considered rude. So you understand that, you know, if you want to actually speak up, there is a different way to go about it. That's basically how it is. So how can we then reuse these cultural nuances to better engage with the younger generation? So the younger generation mm-hmm. are not as aware because there's been a cultural dilution. They've been so exposed to the Western media, the way they talk, the way they communicate, even the hashtags and the lingo we use are commonly borrowed from what we see on Netflix. True. So, you know, there's a cultural dilution that's happened. So mm. what the managers expect from their millennials, the millennials are not expecting the same from their managers. The millennials are expecting their managers to treat them like how their parents treated them, like friends, like buddies, like mentors, mm. right? And uh, when managers have a top-down approach, and they say, do this, do that. Mm. And then they're like, oh, no, I can't handle that because that's not how my parents talk to me. So I've had clients uh, say, you know, my millennial, this guy, he said, well, even my parent doesn't talk to me like the way you talk to me. <laughs> so, right, right, right. So, right, so that, that's the cultural dilution that has happened over the years. Yeah. So, but do you think you're asking for the impossible for leaders to the the older generation to change their leadership style. I mean, they're used to, as you say, you know, leading a certain way, being in a meeting. If somebody talks to them, they regard that as rude. Why they regard that as rude, nobody knows, but they do. <laughs> so are you asking yeah. for the impossible from older leaders? You know, if you think about the world we live in today, hmm. I would have thought that, you know, working remotely from home is impossible, but it has become possible. So to think of it as impossible is basically a mindset belief. I believe that if organizations can go to a place where they can all start working from home because the technology supports it, then we can definitely do a lot more things if uh, we want to engage with the younger generation. So I definitely don't think it's impossible. It's very possible if you have the right mindset and if you are willing to experiment, make some mistakes along the way, but keep on correcting course, I believe we can get there eventually. I don't know if all leaders, you know, want to change necessarily. So make the argument for why they need to in order to engage millennials. Right. So the millennials are the largest generation. So they have demographic influence, right? Uh, they are the largest generation in the workforce right mm-hmm. now, right? So uh, they have, we are strong in numbers. And because we're also in the workforce, we have economic influence. That means the money, they vote with their money, right, to the businesses. And they also have technological influence. That means they're really, really tech savvy. So they come with a lot of assets and skill sets that can allow employers to move faster into the tech revolution, right? We are going into tech revolution and we're just getting started, right? AR, VR hasn't even become commonplace yet. But as we move into this space of tech, Right, you need to have these young talents who are creative, who are innovative. They have so many ideas, and leveraging on their strengths, being able to motivate them, being able to communicate them is going to be key for organizations to basically bring out the best within the organization, and it's in their best interest. At the end of the day, all businesses they need to survive on profits, and the best way to get there is to leverage on the millennials and the strengths that they bring to the co- to the company or the organization. You write in the book, millennials can be a difficult group to understand. What do you want leaders to understand about this group? Uh, well, the first thing is to empathize with them. I mm. just feel like a lot of leaders are not really empathizing with them because they don't understand the world. Right? For example, a millennial who was born in the 90s, grew up with maybe uh, 
uh, the in their earlier years, they already started seeing smartphones in their parents' hands, right? It's become like a device that's very common. And they grew up in a world where internet was already available, right? And they grew up in a world where MSN, uh, digital uh, digital platforms, social media has become part of their growth. So they don't know the alternative. The alternative is where you lived without electricity. The alternative is where you lived where when you want to meet someone, let's say, for example, you want to meet someone at Plaza Singapura, right? You basically say, hey, I'll meet you at this place outside and I'll wait for 15 minutes. If you don't come there, then I'll leave because I think you are stuck or you're not coming, right? Mm -hmm. That lack of communication, instant communication, they don't understand it. So uh, I would really appreciate if leaders actually took time to read and understand, you know, that they grew up in a different world. Their expectations are different. And the world has changed so much that it's influenced the behaviors and it's not really their fault if they come across in a different manner. We just need to be a little bit more empathetic and start with what they have to offer and then slowly guide and mentor and coach them in order to become much more of an asset to the organization. All right. So the book includes, I think, uh, you know, real, real world cases, right? From, from companies, strategies that Google has used, Netflix has used, LinkedIn has used, uh, in order to keep top millennial talent. I wonder if you can share any of the strategies. Yeah, so for example, Schroeder, right, uh, he's the HR Employer of the Year 2020 by Human Resource Excellence Awards, right? And they basically do a lot of things to engage with the millennials. For example, they cook for charity. So as part of their hashtag collective action campaign, uh, the Singapore employees actually offer various services from babysitting to baking to raising funds for their corporate charity partner beyond social services. So basically, they cook and then they contribute the money back to society. And this is what millennials want to see, right? Uh, We also see that, you know, they have focus groups for millennials. And before COVID, they used to bring in blind masseuses for their employees to rest and relax and have a lot more of a... You know, an easier day, right? So that these would are the be kind great of that, for me. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're sitting putting all that day. out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, by doing all this, I suppose they're making the workplace fun. Or what? What are they trying to do? It basically you're building a strong employer brand, right? And the employer brand basically brand, means okay. that the people who are already in your organization, mm-hmm. they are your ambassadors. They vouch for the company. They say that this is the best company I've worked at and I really would love for my friends to come and join me, the people who are in my network, to be a part of this wonderful organization. If you actually ask the employees of a lot of organizations, would you invite a friend of an equal standing, right, in terms of education or competencies mm-hmm. to join the workforce, it's surprising how many employees would say, no, I would rather they don't come here, right? And that's why we need to start working on the people who we already have within our organization, making sure that they are our topmost ambassadors, they are our voices, uh, they are the influencers in that sense mm-hmm. to talk about the organization and say, hey, this is a great place to work at. Is that what millennials most want? Some sense of uh, that the organizations have purpose? Definitely. I think uh, purpose is definitely high on their list of what they want because they're looking not for businesses that make money, but businesses that also contribute back to society. Because at the end of the day, right, for millennials, as they were growing up, they've already grown up in a pretty comfortable pace. So for them, they are looking at the higher end of the Maslow's hierarchy, yeah. which is purpose. And the purpose is where they look at, okay, how can benef- how can companies 
benefit the environment. There's so many uh, unresolved problems that need to be tackled. And how can organizations lean into those kind of things and help, you know, push those agendas forward? How do communication norms have to change. There's a part of your book where you talk about uh, the norms of communication, you say, were set from the family. Asians nurtured to adopt the Asian values while communicating. Being a high-context culture, communication is mostly done implicitly and relies heavily on context. There's strong emphasis on body language, eye contact, pitch, intonation, obedience and compliance is emphasized. (laughs) Now, um, you know, it's easy to bring in some sort of programs that give millennials a sense of, yes, we're a company, we have some purpose, we're volunteering, we're cooking for the um, you know, people who, who may not have enough in this world, we're doing something different. But how do you change communication norms within an organization? It all goes down to the habits we have, right? At the end of the day, whatever we do is basically a habit. So are we implementing processes or routines that allow for communication to happen? So for example, are we having are we establishing reverse mentoring so that the older generation and the younger generations can communicate much more, you know, in depth, right? For example, Right. If I want to learn something from uh, someone who's really senior for me, mm-hmm. I, I would be. I would like to have that safe psychological space where I can ask them any question, silly question or not. And and likewise, right. I would love the other person to also be able to ask me questions. So if I am good at social media, I can teach that. And if that person's really good at building deeper relationships, which I feel is something that millennials can work on, right, to have that deeper sense of connection, then we can learn from one another. And all of this can only happen if we actually start having more conversations with one another. So reverse mentoring is one way. Having focus group discussions Mm -hmm. or having a group that is focused on intergenerational differences can also get the conversation started. The most important part is to not just have a one-way conversation where I fill in a form and then someone reads it at the end of the day, but to have a dialogue to have a conversation like how you and I, we are having a conversation, mm-hmm. right? You, are, you ask questions and then I ask you back questions and then we clarify matters along the way. That's the way we can actually, uh, you know, get to know one another better and have a positive outcome at the end of the day. Do you think conformity, which is such a strong force in Asian society, something you write about in the book as well, makes it difficult for workplaces here to change, to morph to the sort of work culture that this generation uh, would find appealing? Yeah, it seems to be one of the key hurdles that, um, you know, employers might face because conformity is one of the ways that they have been used. The command and control approach is one of the ways that we've seen uh, organizations use as a way to, to get things done. Right, and mm. that's why I feel yeah. like millennials may actually be leaning towards uh, companies like that are startups, which have a looser, uh, you know, formality. They are not so; they're more friendly. They're mm-hmm. more, uh, you know, in that sense, informal. Mm-hmm. Right, so that means that you know there is a line. Definitely, there is a line. We bosses can be friendly, but cannot be friends. That's the common uh, notion that people have. But you know, at least be able to have that. It's not so. It's not so uh, contrived to a point where I don't dare to ask questions because in a company that has psychological safety, that means I'm able to raise up my hand and say, I don't know. Uh, I'm able to raise up my hand and say, I am lost. I'm able to raise up my hand and say, I think I'm going through burnout, right? Without being given a face like, what are you talking about? Right. So that 
that kind of safety is important. So if you're always in that command and control phase, um, employees just putting up a mask in front of you. They are not really being authentic. So is that really engaging them? I don't think so. Yeah, psychological safety is so important. I'll always remember uh, one of my early bosses, she gave me my first big opportunity, uh, big responsibility as well. And I remember walking into an office and saying, please allow me to fail at this. You know, I hope you'll allow me to fail. And she said, absolutely. And she absolutely had my back through it all. And I learned so much there. Uh, Contrasted with, you know, uh, workspaces that I'm sure we've all been in where just the idea of thinking critically and asking a question is viewed mm. as uh, a no-no, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you're saying millennials are not going to deal with the same sort of uh, norms that the older generation has dealt with, this top-down, authoritarian, frankly, just disrespectful uh, <laughs> way of relating to people at work. Yeah. Um, do you, what are you doing with companies and what is their reception to ideas that you have in this book? Yeah, so... You know, when, when I talk to companies, right, the first thing I do is to dispel the stereotypes so that the empathy is there because I can bring the horse to the water, but I can't force it to drink, right? Mm-hmm. That's the common notion. So if we can get to a point where people are willing to change, that means they, it's like I want to do better as a leader, right? Then what I can do is to talk to them about the strategies that can, you can use to engage with it. So I do consulting, I do training programs, and we will look into how you can engage with your current workforce, the, the people who are already there in your organization, how you can build them into ambassadors who are championing the company and championing the cause of the company so that the people on the outside, when they look in, they see that, hey, there are so many people talking about this organization. Maybe this is something that I want to consider, right? So aside from the Googles and the Facebooks and the Netflix, Uh even a small and medium enterprise, right, can actually build their existing team of 10 to 15 or Mm -hmm. even 50 people to become their ambassadors and talk about them. And that's what I do, right? Because a lot of these industries that Mm -hmm. are not attracting the young generation, Mm -hmm. they are not doing enough to build a stronger employer brand. And at the end of the day, that's what we need. So the leaders need to start to build an employer brand by working on their mindset, the skills to communicate, to motivate the younger generation, and how you can leverage the strengths of the younger generation so that they can move ahead in this tech era that we live in. I'm speaking with Vivek Iyani. He is the author of a new book just published, which we're reading, called Engaging Millennials. Seven Fundamentals to Reward, Recruit, Reward and Retain the Largest Generation in the Workforce. So how do we best reward millennials? Aren't they like the rest of us? Don't they want affirmation? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely affirmation and instant. Don't make it once a year. Make it on a regular basis. Instant. So that <laughs> because yeah, even if you see the blue tick on WhatsApp, you expect the other person to respond, don't you? I think it's very human nature, right? Yeah. That we, when we see someone, uh, you know, they've seen the message but not not responded, and they go into anxiety, like did I say something wrong? You know, so mm-hmm. having that instant um, acknowledgement and that affirmation actually help us to realize that we're going in the right direction right we just need that acknowledgement and it doesn't have to be a very long conversation because honestly long conversations don't help either short and sharp conversations on a regular basis help us know that we are on the right course we are directionally correct and that's what we need instead of saying hey come back to me after you've done everything and ask me all the questions at once which means we could have avoided a lot of uh, wrong turns mm-hmm. um, so we need to have that culture or the habit of checking in 
on a regular basis so that you know millennials also feel confident that their leader is out there to make sure that they don't fall and if you do fall i'm here to catch you yeah, yeah. Always a great, um, again, it goes back to that psychological safety that we were talking about earlier. Well, Vivek, nice meeting you and thank you very much for coming on air and sharing more of your book with us. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. Vivek Iyani is the author of the book Engaging Millennials. It's a book about getting the best out of, yep, you guessed it, the millennials at the workplace and why it's imperative for leaders to modify their current management style. So if you want to find out how you can best reward millennials, how you can best retain millennials at the workplace, and if you think about it, if the freelancer is a growing trend in employment, we just did a show on this last week, right? Then this is the book to pick up. Again, Engaging Millennials, just published. Seven Fundamentals to Recruit, Reward and Retain the Largest Generation in the Workforce. I'm Michelle Martin. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.